Armchair. There's something, I'll say there's something kind of yeah about a kid that's never played baseball. <laughs> we have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, and flat out deceived. Why did you get so drunk? You got drunk. <laughs> I'm just really exhausted. What's in that cup? Rum and Cokes? Do you have any idea how important you this is? Have trying to save the idea? pump cup. Really, this is, you what, have you're any this idea? is what you're doing? what do you want to do tonight? The same thing we do every night. Try to take over the world. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Armchair. YouTube Live. Radio Station. The radio station you can call your own. You're listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. We're here live weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern, WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, and simulcasting on YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country, your first choice for Southern sports. Good afternoon. I'm Mac McGee, and I don't know much, but I know one thing. That Daytona 500 inning was terrible. Now they wonder why people are leaving the sport. Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. He's the All-American man. Yeah, howdy, hi, and how the hell are you? Let's get you over those Monday blahs and get you ready for a pretty good night in college basketball. The NBA is on hiatus until Thursday, so you don't have to worry about who is and who isn't going to play. And then also, we've got, not only do we have college basketball really heating up, because we only have a few weeks left until the conference tournaments, but Major League Baseball spring training begins this week. You got a couple of games Friday afternoon. And then Saturday, the Atlanta Braves begin their quest for their next World Series title, 105 Eastern versus the Red Sox. And we're going to have the call here on Braves Country. So if you're out of market or whatever, and you want to hear the game and you, you want to get, it is a baseball radio broadcast. Want to let everyone know that ahead of time. We don't steal the, the video. So, uh, they, they will take you down quick. Like if you steal the video. So because of that, we do nothing but the, a rate an old school radio style. It's for the fans by the fans. And we've got some new stuff that we're going to do this year that we're going to try out, and hopefully everybody likes it. Last year was our first full season. 2021 was our first season doing it. Ran all the way through the playoffs. And last year, did about two games a week, sometimes three. And, of course, tried to make sure we carried every single playoff game, and that is the game plan this year to call every playoff game. But... In addition, we plan on carrying about four games a week. Sometimes it'll be as low as two or three, but usually four games a week. You can pretty much bet on Tuesday night and Friday night. We're here every single Tuesday night, Friday night for first pitch. And then we're going to try to bring you a day game on either Wednesday or Thursday, depending on the schedule. 
and do the same on Saturday afternoon. The Braves are playing a lot of 4 p.m. Saturday afternoon games. And as the schedule goes on, we will adjust it and we will let you know each week, but that's what's going on. So this Saturday, 105 Eastern Braves, Red Sox, and I am ready. I am excited for a new season, a season that I think the Braves could end up winning the whole darn thing once again. They've got as good a team as anybody in Major League Baseball. And I suspect that this team's going to come out a little hungrier this spring and not as tired off of that World Series championship. So hopefully we get a better start. And because we get a better start, we're not going to have to chase anyone down 10 games back. And with that being said, I think the Braves got maybe a little better. They're at least as good as that 100 win team from last year, 101 to be exact. And I don't think the Mets got better. I think they got a tad worse. Now, I still think the Mets are a really good team. And I think the Mets will end up winning 90 plus games. But I think that the Mets, actually, I know the Mets are not as good as they were last year because they do do not have Jacob deGrom. And yes, they added Justin Verlander, but he's 40 years old. So that is not an addition. And Justin Verlander, as good as he is, he's not unhittable like Verlander. Same thing with Scherzer. Scherzer, as good as he is, he's not unhittable. So you no longer have that that fear from other teams of, oh, my word, we're about to go see it. Scherzer Scherzer and DeGrom back-to-back. Scherzer became very hittable down the stretch last year. And there's a lot of question marks on Kodai Senga, who they signed in the offseason. Now, I'm I'm particularly high on Senga. I think he's going to have a pretty good beginning to the season. I think the biggest question will be, what is he like the second half of the season, right? Because when, when he goes through the normal progressions of a guy that comes over from Japan or Korea or anywhere where he's a professional baseball player but hasn't been seen by major leagues, usually what happens is they are lightning in a bottle the first part because it's the first time these hitters see him. And then it's how they adjust once the hitters adjust. And that's what makes major league baseball so difficult is the adjustments and how do you adjust. I still think he's he's going to be pretty good. I'm not in the camp that believes that Jose Quintana was a great signing. I think he's a very hittable guy. He had he, he had a good stretch last year of about 10 starts where he was pretty solid. But he is not a guy that's going to blow you away. So I top to bottom, I would take the Atlanta Braves pitching staff even with the question marks that we have in the back end of the, of the uh of the pitching rotation not knowing who our number 5 guy is going to be i would still take my chances with max freed spencer strider kyle wright charlie morton as a number 4 and then whoever we end up with number 5 if in a perfect world it's soroka and he goes out and pitches 30 30 games I don't think that's going to be the case. I think it's it's going to be a situation where we'll, we will be fortunate to get 20 starts out of Soroka. It's probably more likely 15. But you've got Bryce Elder, who has pitched phenomenally in his, in his time up with the big club. 
and then Kenny and Anderson get right. So with all that being said, Atlanta has a b- very bright season in front of them, and I'll take our bullpen. The Atlanta Braves bullpen is the best bullpen in the division. And you could make the argument the Atlanta Braves bullpen may be the best in Major League Baseball. Now, that's a big if, because there's, but they're at least top three. The Atlanta Braves bullpen is the best in the division. And what do I always say? The most important things in life are great friends and an even better bullpen. And so that's the moment to start us off here on a Monday edition. I look forward to the Monday shows because you, you get to react to the weekend. And though some people probably dread Mondays because it's the Monday blahs. And we all go through it. I go through it in, in my uh, morning gig that I have that is not radio. But you start getting your juices going around around lunchtime on Monday. And by Monday afternoon, I'm ready to hit the ground running. And tonight we've got a good slate of college basketball. It is a solid slate. By the way, do, do want to hit this up real quick. The top 25 poll is out, and it has been... Not much, not not a huge shakeup, but Houston is now number one. They got 48 of the, what is it, 50, 59 first place votes. Alabama came in at number two, and Kansas is number three. Now, that's the big story to me, Kansas going up to number three. Because Kansas, first of all, had a big win over the weekend against Baylor. Kansas has been playing pretty darn good basketball recently. And I think Kansas is going to be a threat to possibly now all of a sudden tonight's a big game. We'll get into that in a second, but, but can they stay on the one line? And we'll get into the bracketology here in a second. Number four is UCLA and then Purdue that rounds out your top five. So Purdue, who's number one, just a few weeks ago, they've kind of been sliding. They got a big win over the weekend, but they've been sliding a little bit. So the perception is, is that they're down. Virginia is number six. Now, I'm, only, I'm not going to go through every single team, but I am going to tell you the teams of interest. SEC, ACC, right? Your uh, number 11 team is the Tennessee Volunteers at 20 and 7. And the Miami Hurricanes are now number 13 at 22 and 5. The Hurricanes playing very good basketball. And you get this out of the Hurricanes. I give Hurricane fans a hard time all the time because the rivalry is there. But look, the Hurricanes are consistently pretty darn good at basketball about once every three to four years. Usually, well, we'll say three to five. And when they're good, they're very good. They're very well coached, but they're just not consistently there. This year, they've got a team that I think could make a run all the way into the grade eight, maybe even deeper. All right. After that, in the top 25 here in the Southeast, the teams of interest. Now, most of this is being littered by Big 12 and East Coast teams, but we do have Texas A&M at number 25. Now, in a couple of games, a couple of teams that I'm going to circle real quick that I think are dangerous in the tournament. Creighton is sitting there at number 19. I've watched a lot of Creighton games. I'm telling you, they play good, good basketball. And Iowa State is going to be a problem for anyone in the tournament who's not ready to play defense and grab the boards. Because 
that's what Iowa State lives on. And the team that is, to me, it's they're under the radar right now, but they won't be by tournament time. Number 24, TCU, they are about to put it together. They finally got the the big uh the, the big injury bug off them. Miles comes comes back on Saturday and they coast to a victory. And then of course tonight in college basketball, TCU TCU hosts Kansas. That's nine o'clock Eastern. If you're only going to watch one sporting event tonight, that is the game. TCU minus one and a half. Money line there, I believe, minus 125. And I will tell you this right now, end of the show, when I make my lock, that is my game. And I'm going to give you a very good reason why I'm, why I'm taking who I'm taking. But we'll get into that later. Other games of interest today. If you're looking at games that mean something when it comes to, to tournament, and we're going to do bracketology really quick uh, here in a second. Oklahoma State is at West Virginia. That's an important game for Oklahoma State. That game is at seven on the deuce. Duke is at home against Louisville, seven o'clock on on the on the mothership ESPN. But that is a game that should be a snore fest. The line is minus 18. It was as high as 20 this morning. So typically Louisville Duke, everyone gets excited this time of year. Come on, let's go. Two-story programs this year. Louisville has been atrocious. Now, they've played some decent basketball and played competitive recently, but all in all, th- this shouldn't be a close game. I don't. I still don't know if I like laying 18, but if I had to go one way or the other, I'm probably going Duke. But Louisville plays just feisty enough where I'm not going to necessarily... That, that isn't one that I'm loving couple other games real quick of interest. Hawaii is at Cal State Bakerfield. Hawaii is 19 and 8 and 10 and 5 in the Big West. That is a good Hawaii basketball team. The problem with Hawaii is they do not travel well. Their road wet record is atrocious. So this is a big game for Hawaii. Cal State Bakerfield's a solid team, 6-9 in the Big West. They're they're not a pushover by any stretch of the imagination. And Hawaii needs to start getting these big Ws on the road because they've got to get ready for tournament time. It's not like they're going to play the tournament, the NCAA tournament over in Hawaii. And when it comes to bubble decisions, this is the kind of stuff that the committee takes into effect. A couple other games of interest tonight. We mentioned Kansas TCU, 9 o'clock on ESPN. Minnesota, Illinois, that's a big game for the Illini. They should coast. They better coast. Illinois needs some wins. They're 8-7 in the Big Ten. And a very interesting game. UC Irvine giving up 11.5 to Cal Poly. UC Irvine giving up 11.5 to Cal Poly, and I'll give you a bonus one. I saw this talked about quite a bit 
on Twitter today. A lot of folks, are, for, for reasons we won't get into, are writing UC Irvine. Because they're 12 and 3, and Cal Poly's 1 and 15, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I like Cal, Cal Poly in a big way. I took him at 10 and a half, and I really wish I would have known it was going to jump a full point. It is now 11 and a half. I really like Cal Poly. Cal Poly is going to, they're, they're, I don't believe they'll win, but they're going to put a scare into Irvine. And that's 10 o'clock on the plus. All right, let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into that bracketology a little bit and a little bit of baseball. Who's on the bubble? Who's not on the bubble? And there were some things that went over over the weekend in Major League Baseball that you might have slept on. And what was our takeaway from the first weekend of the XFL? Is it a yay or a nay? We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country and Braves Country HD, wherever you stream, baby. Let's go. It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill. Each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. This Saturday afternoon, February 25th, 1.05 p.m. Eastern, Braves Country Baseball is back. We'll have play-by-play, pitch-by-pitch, inning-by-inning of your Atlanta Braves. That's Braves Red Sox. This Saturday, 1.05 Eastern on Braves Country HD, youtube.com forward slash at Braves Country. You don't like your job. You don't strike. You just go in every day and do it really half-assed. That's the American way. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time on WQEE. Braves Country is a southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Change approved. It's important to remember the value of taking time for ourselves to do the things that help us grow and explore, like learning something new. And now with the Great Courses Plus, it's never been easier to experience the joys of learning. The Great Courses Plus offers thousands of streaming videos that cover hundreds of fascinating topics, from World War II to choosing the perfect wine. You can even take a course on the U.S. government or dealing with stress and anxiety. And because The Great Courses Plus partners with world-class professors and experts, you're always receiving thoroughly vetted, high-quality content from every lecture. Plus, you can watch or listen anytime, anywhere with The Great Courses Plus app. So take a little time for you. Sign up for The Great Courses Plus today. Visit thegreatcoursesplus.com to get started. That's the 
greatcoursesplus.com. Hockey season, and that means new merch over at ourdragonsmerch.com. Get the latest designs and some of our fun new souvenirs ahead of what's sure to be a great hockey season. Celebrate another season of River Dragons hockey by getting a new look to wear on game days or surprise the big-time sports fan in your life with a new keepsake that will make them a River Dragons fan for life. Order online right now at ourdragonsmerch.com. That's the letter R, dragonsmerch.com. We'll see you at the rink. Welcome Look, back. I got some bad news. I guess there isn't a good way to tell you something like this. Your god-uncle died. My <laughs> god-uncle? There's no such thing as a god-uncle. <laughs> yes, there is. It's your godfather's brother. You remember your god-uncle, Charlie. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you know, as much as I'd like to pay my respects, catch up with my god-cousins and meet the god-neighbors, I have some urgent business that just can't wait until later. All right, here's your popcorn and the remote. There, enjoy your show. Welcome back. We are rolling here on a Monday, a Monday after the Daytona 500. And what a flop that was. I mean, what an absolute flop that was. I tune in. I always watch the Daytona 500 because I don't know. That's just what you do when you're down here. And I have it on. I'm watching other. I'm watching a lot of college basketball. Not going to lie. I was more interested in that this weekend. And and I watched a lot of college baseball. And I watched even a little bit of a college softball, but I, but I was enjoying it. And me and my wife, we, uh, went out to dinner. We hadn't done that. I, we, we couldn't even remember how long it'd been. It was nice to finally go out to dinner and we were laughing. Cause we we're like, wow, this is what it's like to actually face each other when we eat. Cause normally when she gets off work and I, and I get done with the show, I usually have a bunch of stuff that I have to do. And by the time I get done, she's getting home, et cetera, et cetera. And. When we sit down to eat in the evening, it's normally staring at a television at some show that, that, that her and I have something have, have, have found a liking to. And though we'll talk and whatnot, we're never facing straight across eating. That's just not a thing with us because we've got the dogs and everything. And so they're all climbing all over. See, anyways, it's a whole thing. Anyone that has dogs knows, knows what it's about. And so that, that was, that was nice. That was different. We actually got to talk and I got home and of course the dogs climbing all over us and everything. And we got home just in time to catch the very last of the Daytona 500. So maybe the last 10 to 20 laps. So I, we, we left somewhere around, I don't know, maybe 150 laps left. I don't really, I really don't remember 125, somewhere in that area and got home, got and Even she sat down to watch this and we're, we're looking at this, we're looking at this and they, and they keep with the with the restarts, but I'm fine with it because I remember years ago, they said they were going to do this to prevent someone from winning a race under caution. 
And I feel like of all the races that do not, that does not need to be won under caution. It's the Daytona 500. It is the Super Bowl of NASCAR. And what happens? Ryan Stenhouse Jr., nothing against him personally. He wins it under caution. Now, I know that they have have this rule. I get the rule. The rule sucks. That's what I'm getting at. The rule sucks, and this is why fans are fading away from NASCAR because the higher-ups really don't get the big picture, and the big picture is if a fan wants to get into something like this, they have to feel like they legitimately spent this time watching folks compete and they are rewarded with a great product. And that was a terrible, terrible product. And I caught a couple of shows this morning that are not NASCAR shows that they're not even in the South, but they mentioned it in to, to a man, every single one of them. And these are guys that follow sports, but they don't follow NASCAR. They were all confused by the ending. And I really don't even want to dive into why it, why it was, why it finished that way, et cetera, et cetera. Cause I don't think anybody cares and nobody cares because the endings are terrible because you can't keep having these. It is the super bowl of racing. Can you imagine if the super bowl was called with about three and a half minutes left again, eh, you're leading. It's 3835. You're is there uh you won. It's we're good. This is worse than penalty kicks. And penalty kicks, I thought was the worst way to finish a sporting event. This is worse than penalty kicks. An important sporting event. I get penalty kicks and penalty shots in regular season soccer and hockey. I get that. You don't want to play forever. I that it's just like the 10th inning rule in the, the ghost runner rule, the 10th inning in major league, but I get that. But when we're talking about something as important as they bill it as their Super Bowl every single year, you can't treat it like just another race. You can't. And if you're going to, then you can't ask me and you and everybody else to watch it, to care. So that's just, that's just my takeaway from, I know there are probably some out there that probably liked it. And those were probably just the fans of Stenhouse. But like I said, it's nothing against him personally, but it was absolutely awful ending. And I was going back and forth with a buddy of mine yesterday. And I told him, uh, after that, we were texting back and forth. I said, I've probably watched my last NASCAR event of the year. Cause that, that kind of stuff right there turns me off from a sport that's already flailing. I can't sit there and watch something when I'm like, oh, it's going to end in a stupid caution again. I want to see that. I remember when they came up with, with this rule a few years back and they said they were going to try to limit those and cut down on the, on the, uh, on the finishes like, like we had yesterday and they were going to go to green, white checkered finishes. And I'm like, that's great. That, that's what you should do. What are you in a hurry to do? You've already wasted five hours of your life. watching these guys turn left. Why, why, why are we in a hurry for those last 15 to 20 minutes? Have an exciting Andy have something to talk about the next day at the water cooler online that night, whatever, but they failed. They failed miserably. 
And I seriously doubt I watched much. I was even thinking, eh, you know, and, and the thing is, I I did put a couple of random bets, and we all know they're long shots with NASCAR for for a guy to win a race. And I didn't put much on it, so that's not that's not the complaint that I have. And I don't even think if one of my guys would have even won it, right? But the point is, if I'm going to sit there, typically with most sporting events that that isn't Major League Baseball, that isn't the Atlanta Braves, or isn't one of my favorite teams, I'm probably watching because I've put a few bucks on it just for entertainment value, right? I'm not going to do that. Put my hard-earned money out there. And it just just gets decided that, oh, by the way, this car was probably going to win. That's like betting on gymnastics or anything else that just has a judge. I've never watched those sports. The reason why I've never watched those sports is I don't like leaving anything up to a judge. And it goes all the way back to the 84 Olympics when... Vander Holyfield was stripped of his, what would have been a gold medal by the judges that was definitely political bias against the United States. And after that, I was like, I'm I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I, I don't even realistically like watching boxing and UFC and whatnot to this day because of the judges, but you deal with it. But I quit watching Amer- uh, Olympic boxing because of that. I just, I can't do it. Once you burn me like that, I'm like, I'm out. Cause this is, cause it's someone else is going to have their, their beef and it's going to go back and forth. And there's always been, you know, the running judge, the, the running jokes for years and years and years about the Eastern block judges. But there was some legitimate beef about that. Anyways, I'm out. Thank God baseball's here. And thankfully, we don't get rulings of, eh, they're up by three. There's only two innings left. Let's go ahead and call it a day. Now, yeah, you do get rainouts, and you do have me there. But we understand what that's about. And you never have it in one of the big games. They would play the next day. Remember, was it the O? Is that 08 or 09? I, I guess that was 09 World Series with the with the Rays and the Phillies, and they had to complete the game the next night. Anyways, that's what we got there. Now, men's bracketology is what I was originally getting on, but I had I felt like I had to address that because if you're going to use it as your is your intro and you never talk about it. It seems like you've uh, kind of dropped the ball. So let me go ahead and put this on the screen with the bracketology and the teams that are on the bubble and what is going on with them. So you've got, so first of all, let's talk about tonight's game. The last four buys, Nevada, Boise State, Memphis, and West Virginia. West Virginia's at home against Oklahoma State. This seems strange to me that West Virginia is a buy. They're 15 and 12 on the year, but they're 4 and 10 in the Big 12. 
So I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm buying that. That's a really, really I I get that they've had a decent out of conference schedule, but that's a really, really strange way to do it. So I I don't know if I'm buying that. But Nevada. Nevada, pretty good basketball team. I believe they are off tonight. They are. Memphis. See the teams that are actually playing tonight. So you've got, and I'll tell you something else, Kentucky and North Carolina last four in right now, they've got some big games in front of them. They're going to have to get, get it together, so to speak. Because Kentucky and North Carolina have got some huge games down the stretch. And I'm not buying that Clemson is a last four in either. Clemson has played terribly the last few weeks. Wisconsin, okay, I can buy that one. But looking at at what we have sitting right here on, on the screen in front of us, with for those that can't see it, the 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 first four out are Mississippi State, USC, Oregon, and Charleston. So let's just start with there. We won't worry about the, the, the next four out are New Mexico, Seton Hall, Utah State, and Wake Forest. We'll have time to get to them today. But let's talk about the last four in and the first four out. I still think that, Memphis, that, that West Virginia one is very, very sketchy. But Mississippi State, USC, and Oregon sitting on the last four out. And I can make an argument with you that Mississippi State has a better resume than Kentucky. I mean, Mississippi State, they they're eighteen and nine, and I get that they're six and eight in in the SEC, but they're but they just got a big win at Ole Miss. They did lose to Kentucky last Thursday, and Kentucky has helped themselves. What is the deal with this? I mean, Kentucky absolutely owns the University of Tennessee. Kentucky has not played great basketball all year long. But they do when they play UT. They beat the Vols by 12 at home the other day. Was it Saturday, I believe? And they ended up beating Tennessee on the road by seven, but it was not that close about a month ago. But they've got some bad losses. They lost to Georgia by seven. They got blown out at home by Arkansas. So Kentucky's got some work to do because they go to Gainesville on Wednesday, and that is a huge game for both Florida and Kentucky. If Florida's going to have any chance of getting into the dance, they're going to have to get really hot. They're 7-7 seven and seven right now in conference play, 14-13 and 13 overall. But if you look at the schedule, there's some gettable games for the Gators. That loss to Arkansas was bad, and there's no way around it. But if they can if they can hold their own against Kentucky at home, Saturday they're at Vanderbilt, and Vanderbilt has been white hot. 
but it is a revenge game. And I've won a few bucks on Vanderbilt over the last few weeks. It might be about time to fade them. But that is a tough environment to play in in uh game in in Nashville. They got the weird court. If you if you've never been there and never seen, they got the weird court where most teams the the benches are on the sidelines, literally on the side, and you can see them on t- TV. At Vanderbilt, they're underneath each goal. It's really strange. So it's a tough environment. And then they go to Georgia. And Georgia is a team. You look at the Bulldogs, they're six and eight in the conference. They're going to need to get hot. That'll be a really big game. And that game is a week from tomorrow. Now, Georgia coming up, if you're looking at them tomorrow at Arkansas, and then Saturday at home against Missouri, home against Florida. And then they finish it off at a terrible South Carolina team. The Bulldogs can get on a roll. But it all starts tomorrow night because at Arkansas, is that is a very solid Arkansas team. Tough place to play, but if they can find a way to get past that game, they can set themselves up for a possible four-game winning streak to end the season. Missouri's gettable, especially in Athens. Florida's gettable. And South Carolina is pretty much a dumpster fire. Looking at some of the other teams that are on the bubble, I'm telling you, I think Clemson's on their way out. North Carolina, they're they're too Jekyll and Hyde for me. But you just figure that the talent that North Carolina has, they're eventually going to put it together, and, and Davis is a great coach. I have a hard time fading North Carolina. I have a hard time fading Kentucky. But they've been so inconsistent. I'll tell you one thing that Kentucky figured out this past weekend, it actually passed a couple of games. They're terrible three-point shooters. They, they're just one of these teams that do not have any good three-point shooters. What Kentucky's done, they've said to heck with that. They shot one three-point shot all game long Saturday. And they're playing inside basketball, and their athletes are getting after it. If they can stick with that, I could see Kentucky getting on a roll, but they've got a really tough slate and of course you got the sec tournament coming up in just a couple of weeks and kentucky's going to finish off at florida home against auburn home against vanderbilt and arc at arkansas those are some difficult games i think kentucky probably just needs to go two and two and win at least one game in the SEC tournament, and they'll find their way, in, way into, the, into the tourney. If they go three and one and win one game in the SEC tournament, if they're a slam dunk to go into the tourney. If they go one and three, I don't think, I don't think they would go 0 and 4. If, if they go one and three, the SEC tournament then becomes enormous because I Kentucky would have to win at least two, if not three, games in that tournament. All right, we're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little more college basketball and Major League Baseball. A couple of things happened over the weekend. Want to jump on that. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country and Braves Country HD, wherever you stream. Braves Country on YouTube Live. 
covering the AFC South and NFC South along with the rest of the NFL. Subscribe and like us today. Your first choice for sports talk, Braves Country on WQEE and YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country. I hear these fools on TV talking about defund the police and things like that. We need police reform and prison reform and things like that. Because you know who ain't going to defund the cops? Rich neighborhoods. So that notion they keep saying that, I'm like, wait a minute. We just going to leave. Who, who are people supposed to call? Ghostbusters? When we have crime in our neighborhoods? ACC football covered like no other here on the Armchair Quarterback. Reggie Gillespie dives into the end zone. The winning points for North Carolina State. And the teams come together in the end zone, pushing, shoving between the pack and the heels as Gillespie has scored the winning points, his fifth rushing TD. But these teams need to be separated. The emotion boils over on the last play of the game as Gillespie goes to the end zone. And it's a sea of Carolina blue and state red. And Carruthers gets into it, and they've doused him, and now we've got a big brawl out on the field. Marring would have been the 200th victory for Bobby Bodman. Look at this. That's an ugly mess down there. This is ugly. Starting to get it cleared up down there, although there's still some bodies flying around. ACC football, backyard brawls all year long. Hey, folks, this is Mark White with The Mark White Show, and you can tune in to The Mark White Show every Saturday from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. right here on Rock 99 WQEE, The Key, the home of Southern sports and talk. Welcome. Braves Country HD is coming your way live, 3 to 5 weekdays, right here on The Key. We're talking Major League Baseball, all the college spring sports, and the majors all spring and summer long. To keep up with your Atlanta Braves weekdays live 3 to 5 on Braves Country HD. And make sure to catch our play-by-play Braves Country baseball all summer long. Are you listening? Welcome back. Major League Baseball just around the corner. Live action this Friday, and of course we'll have the game here on Braves Country HD. Play-by-play radio-style broadcast here of on uh, Braves Country HD. Going into our third season of doing so, we're excited. 105 Eastern Saturday. Braves versus the Red Sox doing a total of, I believe, three, four games this this spring. We might actually add one or two. I, I'm let. I kind of left it open a little bit because maybe doing some World Baseball Classic games, but I've got to wait to see how how that schedule unfolds. So some stuff that went on. In Major League Baseball over the weekend, a couple of signings. Elvis Andrews signs on with the Chicago White Sox, and Robbie Grossman 
Yep, that Robbie Grossman. He signs on with the Rangers. Now, now he's not expected to, to start. Neither is Andrews. And the Chicago Cubs, this one went a little under the radar, but I I can't wait to talk to uh, Tones at the top of the hour about this. He's a big Cubs fan. They signed Michael Fulmer, and I think that could be a sneaky get. I really do. Michael Fulmer, famously of the Detroit Tigers, I would say that they'll probably have him earmarked for the bullpen. But that should be a very interesting one. Remember Hunter Strickland, guy that got into the brouhaha with Bryce Harper many years ago? He signed a one-year minor league contract with the Reds over the weekend. And the Brewers signed a couple of pitchers late last week, Justin Wilson and Jason Alexander. Of course, all the Seinfeld references started coming out of the woodwork as soon as Jason Alexander gets signed. If you know, you know. The Braves signed Tyree Thompson. That was back on, I believe that was Wednesday or Thursday. We didn't really have a chance to get into it because all the stuff that was going on last week. But Tyree Thompson signed a minor league contract with the Braves. He's he's a right-handed pitcher. Not expected to, to make the, the big club. And Casey Mize was placed on the 60-day IL. So we'll see how that unfolds for the Tigers. Casey Mize at one point was very highly thought of and was looking to be one of the cornerstones for that franchise. And he has just not been able to stay healthy. So there you have most of the transactions of note. Now, if you missed the early in the week because of the, the Super Bowl hype and everything, um, a familiar name to you Cardinals fans, Alex Reyes signed a free agent contract with the Los Angeles Dodgers. That's an interesting one because he has never been able to stay healthy and he has also been very erratic. In fact, they had him in the bullpen. They had him in the back of the bullpen in in 21. I did that game. It was the the wild card play-in game between the Cardinals and the and the Dodgers. And Alex Reyes was a disaster. It's kind of interesting that the Dodgers ended up signing him a couple of years later after he, he basically couldn't get him out. And Trevor Story was also placed on the 60-day IL. Of course, we know that he is uh, most likely, if he's not lost for the season, he's, he's lost for quite a bit of it. One of the things that happened over this this past Super Bowl week, the Super Bowl hangover week, San Diego Padres signed Michael Walker, and he's probably the last, I'm not going to call him a frontline starter, but he's the last of the starters that were out there that you could hope for the best. Walker is solid, and he, and he had a pretty decent year last year, but I think it would be a stretch to call him 
a frontline starter. He's a guy that you hope to get the best out of him, but he could also end up being being an opener or a piggyback or long relief. The Padres sign him. And Matt Moore, the lefty, went to the Angels. I mean, this is more Angels stuff right here, right? They're clipping coupons with their pitching, and they're dumping all their money into Mike Trout and maybe Shohei Otani at the end of the year. And, of course, Rendon, who has basically done nothing since, since he came over from Washington. And you're going to have three guys making well over a billion dollars if if they sign Otani. I think that's a huge if. And the team's going to be absolutely atrocious. Walker Bueller was put on the 60-day IL. Of course, we don't expect him to see him this year. Uh, Blake Trenin was put on the 60-day IL. Tell you what, the Dodgers, with all their injuries and what they what little they've done in this offseason, that wasn't such a bad division. I would be willing to take someone else to win that division. But the Padres, as well as they played it in the postseason, I just have a hard time putting, have a hard time backing that horse for 162 games because the Padres always Padre. Kind of like the Mets always met, the Padres always Padre. And they have yet to show that after 162 games, they put it all together, they stay consistent like the Dodgers, and they, they put the hitting and the pitching together for 162 games and rattle off 95 wins or more, which is what it's going to take to beat the Dodgers. It feels like the Dodgers are going to coast to another division title, and it feels like they're probably going to be a first-round exit. Maybe they get to the second round. But unless they make some big trade, this Dodgers team does not scare you. It doesn't have Walker Bueller. Clint Kershaw's already shot himself down already. He was supposed to pitch in the World Baseball Classic and over the last few days came out and said he's not doing that. No, no, no. That guy cannot stay healthy. And I'll tell you what, I know everyone looks at him as a shoe in first ballot hall of famer, et cetera, et cetera. He has been the biggest disappointment. If you're a Dodger fan, you have to be thoroughly disappointed in in him overall in his career. They've never won a world series, not a real world series. They won the bubble ship, but they never won a real world series. They're usually an early round knockout and he can never stay healthy. Yes, when he's when he's healthy, he's pretty darn good. But he's also constantly dominating the NL West. Now he's not going to have that luxury this year. What do you think? Best case scenario for Kershaw is 20 starts, 25 in a perfect world. So we'll split the difference and say 22, 23 starts. Unless they just pick and choose, the majority of those are not going to be against the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. 
So what's he going to be like? Remember, it hasn't been that long ago where St. Louis absolutely owned him. They would get to the postseason and the Cardinals. Remember, Matt Adams just absolutely terrorizing him. I think that was either 2018 or 2019 postseason where he just absolutely teed off. unbelievable but if you talk to like a dodger sports sports guy whether he's a writer whether he's media whatever the few that i've talked to over the years they're all convinced that he's just like this elite pitcher that nobody wants to mess with but he's he's always injured and he never comes up in big moments And don't tell me the bubble ship in 2020 was a big moment. It wasn't. A big moment is going on the road with the fans in your face, winning a game six in Houston to beat the the what everyone thought was the unbeatable Astros, like what Max Fried did. But the narrative, oh, you got to look at his ERA. Yeah, but he's constantly pitching against... Not only does he get the the luxury of his batters getting to tee off on Rockies and Diamondbacks, and for most of the decade, Padre, bad pitching. We'll even put the Giants in there. They've been great when they're great. But since 2014, they've had like two good seasons, and other than that, they've been kind of of an also-ran. So they've had their pick of their litter. And if you're going to sit there and tell me all those years, well, Bobby Bowden's never really been challenged because he wasn't in the SEC. If that is true in football, then Kershaw has never been challenged in the National League West. He's in a division that has a market where it's all to themselves. There's no market even close to Los Angeles. And the more and more that you see it, and he's already hurt again. And he's obviously only getting older, as we all are. There's no way this guy goes to the post more than 22, 23 times this year. He's going to have at least one, if not two, or one really long IL stint. That's a given. And when you get to October, you can't count on them. You hope to get four or five innings that's solid, and the rest is history. The Dodgers will probably win that division because the division's terrible. Just like the Cardinals will probably win the NL Central because the Central, outside the Cardinals, you can make an argument for possibly the Cubs. But the Cubs have to, I mean, everything's got a line for the Cubs. For the Cubs to make a run or the Brewers. But the Cardinals are going to cruise. I saw Jim Bowden make a, a comment, or Bowden, I'm not sure how he pronounces it over the weekend talking about getting rid of leagues. I don't like the getting rid of leagues, but what I do like that he mentioned 
was possibly a total realignment to get the teams that play in the same area in the same divisions. I'm for that because if you're if you're not going to have a salary cap, you got to make it you got to make it fair. You got to make it fair. Why are the Atlanta Braves in the same salary structure competition with New York and Philadelphia? It's absolutely uneven. Atlanta should be Atlanta should be competing against the Houston's and the Tampa's of the world. We got to take a quick break when we come back. Tones will join us, and we will be talking some football, baseball, and basketball. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country and Braves Country HD wherever you stream. You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia. Armchair. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good afternoon, and this is your Armchair Quarterback's Sports Flash. Brian Snicker arrived at spring training this weekend in Florida, ready to talk about the new rule changes with the pitch clock, Ronald Acuna Jr. and Mike Soroka. Brian Stitcher here, and Brian, when you talk about spring training and the new rules, what stands out to you the most about how you organize your camp? Well, we're getting used to the time clock. I've been, I did it in AAA before I came up here, but there's a lot of guys that haven't, so we've got a little bunch of clocks running around, and and, I'm trying to just get used to to that. What is the greatest challenge and maybe the greatest opportunity as well? Well, I'm, I'm like a lot of guys. I think I'm, I'm really glad that we're going to start this off with the games because I think, you know, we've got pages and pages of what's going on. And I think until we live it and see it, it's going to be a lot easier for everybody. And, and I think they got there. You know what? It's here. So they're going to have to get used to it. And, and um, you know, it's like anything else. I think when you, when you make a change, it's going to take us all a while. We'll have six weeks to, to do that. I guess, you know, we'll all be fun. Looking at Ronald Acuna Jr., Brian, what stands out to you so far this spring? He's, just, he's healthy. I mean, the kid's is growing. He's kind of filling into his body. I think he feels great. He's um, been in camp ever since he could come here. And um, so it's just it's, it's just good to see him running around with no restrictions. He's healthy. He had a normal offseason. And I think he's really, really excited about getting the season going. What can Braves fans hopefully expect from Mike Soroka this season? Yeah, that's a, you know another thing. Just getting Mike in camp, and he had a normal off season, and, and um, getting him on the mound, doing the drills, building him up. Um, I don't know. He hadn't pitched in a while, so um, we just hope to get him on that mound regularly, and because we know what he's capable of, we can get him in shape and, and healthy and, and posted. The Atlanta Braves begin their spring training games Saturday afternoon, one o five Eastern. We'll have the call right here on Braves Country HD. College basketball takes center stage tonight. Number five, Kansas, is at number 22, TCU. Tip-off is at 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Other games of interest around the country, 6 Eastern, ESPN Plus, San Diego at UC Davis, while OK State at 7 is at West Virginia. You can see that on the deuce. Louisville and Duke square off at 7 on ESPN. 19-8 and eight, Hawaii at 8 o'clock is at Cal State Bakerfield. That game is on the plus. Minnesota at Illinois in Big Ten action on the Big Ten Network. 
Lion Eye, 17 and 9 and 8 and 7 in the Big Ten. Florida AM is at Alabama AM. You can see that on ESPNU at 9. And the late tips, UC Riverside at Cal State Northridge on the plus. That game is at 10, as well as UC Irvine at Cal Poly. That can also be seen on the plus. And that's your armchair quarterback sports flash. Stay tuned for Braves Country right here on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia, simulcasting on YouTube.com at Braves Country. Hey, sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show. Every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's The Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Hey, Braves fans, I'm Mac McGee with Braves Country. We'll be right here on the key all year long, giving you Braves Country Baseball, pitch by pitch, inning by inning of your Atlanta Braves. Make sure to catch Braves Country right here on the key. We go live three to five. We'll keep you up to date on the upcoming schedule for Braves Country. That's Braves Country HD and Braves Country Baseball right here on the key. We live in a world now that welcomes and nurtures the screwball in all of us. Hey, it's a new decade, people. Time to get a little nutty. Treat yourself to Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey, a smooth flavor that combines two of America's favorites, peanut butter and American whiskey. So no more social awkwardness. Time to embrace who you truly are. Get out there and make friends. And be sure it starts with Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey. It's available nearly everywhere. Learn more at screwballwhiskey.com. Infinium Spirits. Please enjoy responsibly. Are you looking for a reliable dental practice that not only cares about your teeth, but is friendly to work with? How about one that offers great deals and new patient promotions? Well, your search is over. Most Valuable Smiles in downtown Eatonton, Georgia is committed to giving you the biggest and brightest smile. Right now, get a $99 new patient special, including x-rays and exam. Maybe you're looking for veneers. Most Valuable Smiles veneer special includes one free veneer with every five purchased. Or get that bright white smile you've always wanted by taking advantage of an exclusive $100 off Zoom whitening treatment when you book today. And don't forget that 2022 is almost over. That means most insurance policies will reset by the new year, and to avoid losing that extra money, you need to use it or lose it. Book an appointment today with Most Valuable Smiles in downtown Eatonton to lock in these exclusive deals. Call 706-623-0318 or visit mostvaluablesmiles.com. Hey, Yankees, you can take your apology out of your trophy and shove it straight up. Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. Welcome back. Hour number two. Tones is on the way. And be interested to get his take on the XFL. I was, I don't know. I, it just couldn't get my interest. I, I actually watched some golf this weekend and I don't typically do that unless it's a major. 
But there's something about John Rom that I really like, and I've gotten, I've become a little bit of a fan of John Rom's. When I saw that he was up there near the leaderboard on Saturday, I caught a little bit of it, and then I tried to stay with it until Sunday. Went out to dinner, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna miss the end of it." Ah, no, I'm not. It was actually on in the uh, in the bar, the the restaurant bar that we were at. So you know, did the old typical act like I had to go to the restroom to watch the final hole. I found it interesting that. I mean, we all knew it, but that he came out and flat out said it. Tiger Woods said he's not going to play many of these tournaments outside of majors. That at his his age and the injuries that he has, he's just not he's he's not going to be there. So when he does play, it's must see TV. And Tiger Woods, I thought, considering how long he'd been away and all the stuff that he's going through, I thought he did pretty well. I mean, he shot one under. Now, granted, the winner, John Rahm, 17 under for the actual, for the tournament, so 16 shots off the pace, but I don't think he could go. I, I understand Tiger Woods always feel like Tiger Woods going to win, but your average fan was just excited to see him out there. Glad to see him make the cut, and there was an interesting conversation going on that I caught I caught a local golf show. I don't remember. Maybe it was Saturday morning. And I, and I found this very interesting. And these guys know their golf, right? So this isn't just some schmo that's you know coming in with their hot takes or whatnot about golf. Kind of like when you watch PTI talk about golf, you're like, what the heck do you, when PTI talks about golf or when they talk about, especially when they talk about major league baseball, I fast forward through it. I'm like, y'all don't have a clue what you're talking about, but, but these guys had a pretty interesting take on, I guess there's a groundswell on either eliminating the cut line altogether in, in the, in not just majors, but in the majority of the of the actual tournaments just eliminating the cut line. Everybody plays four, four days or expanding the cut line to where very few don't make it. And at first as a, as a novice golf fan, one that just typically watches, I watch the major, I watch the TPC and I watch it front to back. I love them, but just like the tennis, I only watch the majors because I have to get excited about what they're about to win. It's, just, it's, it's not a sport that I watch 24, seven, 365. So I get that my opinion isn't, doesn't hold as much weight, but you got to pick and choose your battles when you're a sports fan in, in this busy world, you can't watch everything. So I lean on the people that watch it. He hasn't been on in a while, but, uh, our good friend, Tony's a big golf guy. And anytime I actually have a, Real question, he he's the type of golf guy that I actually lean on. But I kind of like the idea, and what they were saying was the reason to eliminate the cut line, and I was thinking it was almost like this participation trophy like when I first heard it. But then it made sense. And they're talking about not just the sponsors that are trying to rent out 
the airspace on the weekends. But the fans that go to the games, go to the tournaments, excuse me, it kind of falls flat if you're going to come, if you're going to sit down and watch some golf or go to a tournament, it leaves you a little flat on these normal tournaments, the random ones, right? Not the majors, especially. If, if, if the bigger names don't make the cut. And I think they've always believed that, well, you're there to watch who's competing for the championship. In the world of golf, that's just not the case. In the world of golf, you're there to see the stars. And if the stars aren't having a good day, a good week, and you eliminate them from the screen, you're going to lose the average fan. You're not going to lose the diehard fan. The diehard fan is going to watch it. But you're going to lose the average fan. And golf is one of those weird sports where if you don't play it, you probably don't watch a whole lot of it. See, Tones is joining us. Let me go ahead and bring him in here. And our good friend Tones here is is here with us every single uh, Monday and Friday, typically. Tones, how are you today, sir? Good, brother. Great to be here. We had a lot of different sports activities going on this weekend. No MLB or NFL necessarily, but a lot of interesting stuff happening. So we got baseball around the corner. It's a beautiful day to talk sports. I'm excited. Yeah, we've got a lot of things going on. I got to get your take on this. What what'd you think of the XFL? Uh, I, I thought about what I expected from it. You know, nothing overly crazy. A couple entertaining or interesting things here or there, but nothing where it left me going, oh, I got to be tuned in next week. It was decent. It wasn't bad background noise, and it's fun to throw a couple dollars of spare change on here and there, but... You know, to me, it's typical minor league football where uh, I think the NFL should pair up with the XFL because it is a little bit above the other leagues, in my opinion. But at the end of the day, until they do that, it's going to be same old, same old. I think if they did go hand in hand with the NFL, it would intrigue me a little more. But there were a couple good endings. I will say that a couple exciting endings, to say the least. I didn't see the level of play being any better than what it was last year in the USFL. Correct. I think the only difference is they were playing in stadiums with fans as opposed to that bubble that they played in Birmingham. But the USFL won't be playing in the bubble this year. So I'm going to wait till the end of both seasons to kind of give a an honest opinion. But what I saw of this this weekend, it, it doesn't get my attention. Mm-hmm. It's you watch... <laughs> I tweeted it out, but I was like, I can't tell if I'm watching really good high school or really bad college football, but it's it's one of the two because it doesn't look like, and granted, maybe it's because they're rushed into play, but it didn't look like that any of those teams that that ran out on the field this, this uh, Saturday and Sunday, I don't believe any of them would have beaten the Georgia Bulldogs. Right. I don't even know if they would cover the spread depending on what the spread was. It just, it felt like that these were teams 
it felt it felt what it is, which is semi pro. And that just means that it's not as good as college, but it may be better than high school. I agree with you on all of that, to be honest. You know, it's one of those things where, again, football fans, you want to give it a chance, but it's right after the Super Bowl. So the timing of the league could be better. I think you got to let NFL fans breathe a little bit. They're not ready to downgrade in football. Once you get a game like the Super Bowl, it's hard to rebound like the XFL. I'm probably going to, you know, I'll have it on. Like when I thought of it, I go, oh, yeah, that's right. And I put it on. I watched the Saturday night game more than I watched any of it because Orlando was in it. I was like, okay, let's see what they got. And they were terrible. Uh, Paxton Lynch was an absolute abomination. He got benched in the third quarter, but all in all, it just, it felt like that. It was a lot of jump balls and it wasn't, I don't know. I don't know. It just, it didn't grab me. Like I said, I'll probably have it on a little bit this weekend, but it'll be like, if I've got three or four devices going, it's one random one in the background because I basically live in a sports bar. <laughs> um, but we are, what, two weeks away from the college basketball tournaments? Mm-hmm. Spring training starting. That's what's going to get my attention. Mm-hmm. That- and did you – I I wish I would have gotten the clip, but, man, I, I'm so busy nowadays, so I work in the early mornings and I come rushing in here to do the show. So if I don't have it uh, recorded – Prior to the afternoon of me running in here, I usually don't have time to do it. But did you see the the clip, the quote of Anthony Edwards talking about what he would like to change about the NBA? Did you see any of this? Yeah, earlier I heard it a little bit on uh, Sports Talk Radio. and w- w- Didn't he say something along the lines like it was uh, getting soft or something like that? Well, what what he essentially said was that – I'm going to see if I can find it. Oh, it, was, it wasn't it about the fans being able to see better product? He was complaining about the fact that players don't play. Mm. And let's see, see if I can actually find it. Um, I think this is it. Oh, man. Oh, okay. 30 seconds. If this is it, we're lucky. Let's see if uh, if this is it. I'm going to go ahead and uh, let me see if we can get this in here. So I don't know if I can get the actual uh, the video. I might be able to get the video. Let's see what we have here. All right. This is Anthony Edwards. This is during the All-Star Game being asked about the NBA and what they could change. And I found it very telling that the one of the younger players was actually aware of what's going on mm-hmm. with the fans. And he's talking about basically all the uh, load management junk. Mm-hmm. So let me see if uh, I'm assuming that you can see that. And hopefully you can hear this. Let me know if you can hear it. If there's anything I could change about the league to make it better, probably just all the guys sit and rest. That's the only thing I probably don't like. Um, just play, man. If you, if you, if you, if you, eighty percent, you got to play. I, I don't, I don't like all the sitting, missing games and stuff. Like these people, these people might have enough money to come to one game. You know what I'm saying? And it, that might be the game they come to, and then you sitting out. You know what I'm saying? So, I take pride in trying to play every game because I don't know. It might be one fan that has never seen me play, and I'm trying to play. So. I don't, that's the only thing I don't like. Uh, guys just sitting out. 
All right, so there you have it. That was Anthony Edwards, and that that went much better than I thought it was going to. So <laughs> we, we actually got the audio and, and everything. All right. I, I thought for sure that was going to be a disaster, and I'd run into three commercials before it let me play the video or whatever. But, and you, you probably couldn't see it even if, you were, even if you were watching on our YouTube channel, Braves Country HD. The, 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 uh, the comment of the person that shared it said, Anthony Edwards just became my favorite player in the NBA. I'm with him. I'm with it, man. This is, this is what all NBA fans have been complaining about for years and years and years play the sport. That's all we're asking you to do. And usually you have one of those grit and nail 10, 20 year veterans in a league that says something like this here. You love it. The young superstar, the one who went to Georgia, the one who is very, the, the critics got after this young man. Let's be honest saying, Oh, is he committed to the NBA? Would he rather play football? Anthony Edwards right here. And on a nightly basis proves why he's perfect for the NBA. And he's one of my favorite players. Yeah. Anthony Edwards to me, said what's on everybody's mind. Now here's the problem. How do we get there? Right. Because everybody can say, well, you just got to play. You got to play. Everyone's got to play. And I'm not dissing him by any stretch of the imagination. Cause what I just heard him say, he's become one of my favorite players too now. But the question is, it's easy to say, get him to play, but how do you get there? How do you get there? We're going to answer that. We got to take a quick break. We come back. How do you get them to play and care about playing every it's an 82 game season? Is that the problem? We'll be back in a flash. It's 420. Smoke them if you got them. We'll be back here in a flash on the key. Try to stop smoking. That's a beauty, huh? Well, with cigarettes, my wife and I, we made a deal, my wife and I. We only smoke after sex. I got the same packed house since 1975. <laughs> what bothers me is my wife. She's up to three packs a day. We're down to one strike here. It's 0-2. Guriel, the last hope for the Houston Astros. And here's the 0-2 pitch. Swung on, bounced over to Dansby. Dansby fires it over to first. And here comes the dog pile. Fire the cannons in the battery. Do the chop, baby. All throughout Braves country, pop that top. Your Atlanta Braves have won it all. Armchair. You'll do anything to stay healthy. So isn't it time to think about your water? Aquasana water filters remove contaminants other filters don't, like lead, bacteria, viruses, and pesticides. Up to 99% of 88 contaminants, while leaving vital minerals you need like potassium, calcium, and magnesium. Visit waterfilter.com now for pure, delicious water and the ultimate peace of mind. Aquasana, better water, better you. It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill. Each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. Your true friends are the people in your life that totally get your inside jokes, your unique style, most important, what you want to eat. Taco Bell knows that when you get together with your real friends, it doesn't matter what you're doing, but hey, it might as well be something that everybody can get into, like the taco and burrito cravings pack with four crunchy tacos and four beefy five-layer burritos. So even if you're all sitting around doing absolutely nothing, 
you know you'll still have a good time. It's Taco Bell's Taco and Burrito Cravings Pack. Get it for the friends that get it. You're listening to WQEE, the key in Noonan, Georgia, home of Braves Country, weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern, right here on the key and YouTube.com at Braves Country. I gotta love the fact that Colts hired Jim Bob Cooter. I haven't said his name in a while. Gotta love some Jim Bob Cooter. JBC. We were always wanting Jim Bob Cooter. Justin and I were always wanting Jim Bob Cooter to be the head coach of Tennessee. For Hudson Hooker. If that doesn't sound like a head coach for the Tennessee Volunteers, by God, Jim Bob, Jim Bob Cooter bringing the, 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 the big orange to town. With uh, Hendon Hooker rolling out there. I mean, that's just. Sounds, yeah. like, sounds like Warren Sapp would love that team. But for real, uh, interesting move. It seems like Colts are going to have their head coach Stike and call plays. And it really seems like Jim Bob Cooter will be a glorified quarterback coach trying to lead whoever they might draft into uh, success in Indy. So interesting move. The Bucks were interested in him and uh, looks like he finds a spot in Indianapolis. I think you're playing loose and free with the word interesting, but yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, inner, you know what I'm saying, inner division. He stay. He'll see. Always like mention is because of his name. <laughs> he'll he'll stay. He'll goes to the Clippers. Anybody care about that? He'll face Jacksonville twice a year. You know. Yeah, Jacksonville's not worried about worry about the who who's going to play quarterback for the Colts. That's what you got to worry about. They, well, that's why they got – I bet you that's why they got him. They hope they're going to draft one of their top rookies, and they hope that he could help him like he did Trevor Lawrence or whatnot. Obviously, um, you know, it's a cry for help. But, hey, he could be the next quarterback successor or the reason why they're successful. So we'll see if it pans out. Well, I believe – the only one that had a worst off season so far than the Colts is the Arizona Cardinals. Did you see this video of the new coach for the Cardinals welcoming in and, and meeting players? I don't know, but what I did see today is uh, one of their local head cases, Robbie Anderson, deleted all the Cardinals out of his Twitter and Instagram. So, well, I mean, <laughs> is the, is that a loss? No, no, I'm just saying, that's you never a, know. Traction if you get rid of Robbie Anderson. Correct. He's like, no, no. <laughs> and he changed his name to the chosen one. <laughs> uh, of course he did. <laughs> <laughs> Why, because Meta World, world Peace was taken? <laughs> <laughs> oh. He should have. He. He should have named his. He should have changed his name to the never chosen one because he's never chosen when the ball is in the air. He's he's all he's always claiming he's open. He ain't open. <laughs> he's never open. He's falling off fast. All right, your great game of the NBA that you love so much, Anthony Edwards. We just talked about it. Said what everyone was thinking about the fact that the players need to play. And he's right. There's nothing There's nothing to say about that that's not right. 
The problem is, how do we get there? And I'm not putting on Anthony Edwards to figure it out. He's a player, right? He's mm -hmm. just, he's stating the obvious that we all know. And so how do we get there? What say you? I think, and I don't know how logical it is, but I think maybe you could adjust contracts to more of a games played per basis, per you know, instead of some of these other things they build in. Therefore, these guys are more motivated to play and perhaps, uh, you know, put more, if you're going to do back-to-backs, make sure they're both home game back-to-backs where they don't have to travel so you don't give these guys a reason to sit out. Because when you get a back-to-back -back travel, when you got to go, say, the Rockets travel to Detroit, then Chicago back-to-back -back nights, that seems to where you more so get the benching in one of those games because they're on the road is the excuse. Maybe if you give them more home back-to-backs, and maybe if you put incentives for a game's played basis in these guys' contracts, it, it would motivate them more. You shouldn't need that, sadly. Anthony Edwards is right. These guys should just want to go out there and play every night, even if they're feeling 80 90%. But maybe if you do a couple things, you change a back-to-back rule, these guys are a little more fresh, or uh, you, know, you give them incentives with money, maybe they'll be more motivated. Yeah, I don't think you're ever going to get that second part because you're talking about players union stepping in. So the so the obvious answer is reduce the number of games. That's the obvious answer. Because if you reduce the number of games, not only do you have a situation where they're not asked to play as many, so they're more likely to play the ones that, that are on the on the on the schedule. But the other thing is it makes the games more important. One of the reasons why nobody plays the games is because the simple fact of the matter, and I've been beating the table this for like 10 years. I mean, a lot of NBA fans, friends of mine rolled their eyes at first and, and, and now they finally got on board with it. They finally understood where I was coming from. The games don't mean anything. They don't mean a single thing there. It's 82 exhibitions is essentially what we have in the NBA. Well, now, too, you have up to, what is it, 10 teams make the play-in or playoff? Right. It's crazy. Well, you, know, you do want to make sure you're in the top six. That that makes it a little more important. But to your point, <laughs> yeah, you like to be in the top six, but but you can also pretty darn sure you're going to be in the top 10. So mm -hmm. it's any way you look at it, you don't really want to be in the play-in. But at the same token, they would rather rest their players and make sure that they're 100% because it's more valuable for them to make a deep run of the playoffs than to wear these guys down. And then what do you have? Hmm. So between the players never playing and the viewership dwindling, and then and then you you know you have the other side of it. Everybody plays all the time in the WNBA. Nobody watches that. So what what, so what are we talking about? Uh, <laughs> I just like to throw those jabs in. <clears throat> They're sitting at eighty two. The problem is if you reduce the schedule, and I think they should reduce the schedule in hockey as well. But they don't have the problem that they do in in the NBA. So maybe hockey's fine with their eighty two. But I'm looking at from a fan's perspective, having to buy tickets, having to go to the games. My God, the money you spend. Justin doesn't do any more, but Justin, who, who's on the show here on Wednesdays, he was a season ticket holder of the Nashville Predators. Mm -hmm. 41 games he was going to. Mm -hmm. I, I think he 
got a couple of buddies to to buy some towards the end where he was only going to 20 something but anyways if you, if you get home home court or home ice tickets or home court tickets for an entire season to about 41 games you have to pay and we're not even talking about tones parking travel hot dogs beer or soda popcorn whatever the random stupid foam finger your kid wants to buy. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's crazy. It, and, Je- and my brother's a bowl season ticket holder. He's talking about how pricey it is this year, too. Se- Hold on. Jo- Joey o- owns full season? Correct. And um, I actually just got... Games he pays for? Yep. And I just got done being a Cubs one, not because I didn't want to do it, but my travel to Wrigley Field. And then, like you said, I had to pay for park and I had to do this and this. And the Cubs, you know, their owners aren't making it easy to sell tickets at Wrigley Field. So uh, I was glad to be a Cubs season ticket owner last year, but I had to bow out this year, sadly. But it, it gets expensive. It adds up. And NBA, for 81 games, NBA costs more, or, you know, however many games. I don't know how you could be a Cubs season ticket holder because they play so many day games. It was impossible, brother. When I mean impossible, those tickets are not easy to sell either. I I would almost think that you would have to. Now, I I know several people do this, and I know people that do this for the NFL, and you only only have eight or nine games, right? Um, Where where they'll go in with a group of people and buy up a section – we'll say two to four tickets or whatever per game. And then you divvy it up and say, Hey, we're only going to go to X amount of games. That's like the most logical way to do it. And there are, and I do know there are packages nowadays where you can buy, by the way, (laughs) Jonathan Gannon, they just, they just got a picture of him up on, I don't know what I'm looking at NFL live or whatever that is. That is the goofiest looking dude, man. I still, no, Harmon became an NFL football coach. And no offense to Bobby, I just don't like that hire. Oh, I've already given him a hard time. When I saw the the video, I think it was on TikTok or something, I shot it to him immediately. <laughs> and he's <laughs> If you haven't seen it, he I'll I'll, sh- I'll shoot it to you later. If you mm-hmm. haven't seen it, he's introducing himself to one of the players. I don't know who the player is cuz cuz that's not what caught my eye. I don't believe it was Kyler Murray, and I don't, I'm I'm pretty sure it wasn't DeAndre Hopkins, but I honestly can't remember who it was because I've just the coach is what jumps out at you. He is like the biggest cornball, and he I can't do it. I can't do it justice. I'll see if I can get the audio for maybe tomorrow's show or something to share so people can understand what I'm saying. But I don't know if you don't see him if it does it justice. I'll have to replay. But anyways, he's just goofy and not a cool goofy. Not like the way some of y'all love Pat McAfee, right? Pat McAfee's goofy, but it's a likable goofy for a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. This guy, man, you just want to jam him in his locker. <laughs> and I never did that to anybody. I hated people that did that. But right. I want to grab him and jam him in his locker. <laughs> and look for what I would assume is his, uh, oh, what do you call it? Uh, pocket protector. He's he's a doofus. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know how he won an interview. So Eric Bieniemy can't get a job as an NFL head football coach because they said that he is, he is terrible interviews. And this Dorcas. Or, or Jim Caldwell doesn't get another chance after taking the Colts and Lions to the playoffs, but this guy's getting jobs. This guy. It's, yeah, I'm with you. It's it's already a disaster. I'm not convinced that, that the Colts hire was, was that great. But Arizona's already already lost the offseason. I can I can guarantee you that. And Everyone, maybe, and maybe that's their goal. Maybe they say, you know what, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna tank. Everyone's so quick to fall in love with these young coordinators, but hey, it, it's oh, time and time again where veteran head coaches are the ones having success. Look at the past couple Super Bowls. You got Andy Reid. You got Bruce Arians. Two of the past three Super Bowl champs are over the age of sixty five. So. By the way, uh, for folks who have missed it, the AP poll is out. Houston is back to number one. Alabama slides to number two, I believe it was. I know they're in the top three. Had it up here a second ago. I don't see it now. I think I clicked on too many things. But um, we'll get into college basketball here in a minute. Um, The Daytona 500, did you watch any of that? I know that's not really... I was I was in and out of sleep all day, and I had it on the TV, so uh, it got my viewership, but I wasn't intently watching. I'll tell you what, though, that ending—they got to do uh, something to change those endings. Yeah, that's it's terrible, is it not? Yeah, it is. It is, and uh, similar thing, not the same exact thing, but I went to the Indy 500 this past year. Similar type thing happened, and uh, you know, it, it drove us furious. So uh, it, I don't get why. They do that. It drives the casual fans away and the hardcore ones away, quite frankly. I I didn't know what I was more disappointed in that, that I wasted my time watching that or watching the XFL. At least the race was exciting when, it, when they were racing. But I don't think I'll watch another race this year because I'm not going to waste my time. Come down to the end. And that's, and that's how they decide a winner. Right. Just absolutely. Anyways. Um, yeah. I don't think I could find myself watching another race anytime soon. Because of that. You are the demographic they're looking for. Mm-hmm. You, you, you are the single male between 18 and 49. They're looking to expand their demographic with you to get you to spend your downtime watching their sport. And that's what they put out there. And and you see other sports adjust on the fly. um, And and they're trying things NASCAR, but they're not attacking the right things, right? They're worried about changing cities, changing ways they race, changing styles. That's all cool and all. But when you have such a flawed rule on how you end a race, you're still going to get your average fans that are just turned off by that. Michael says that he, that he watched it, but Michael, just like me, your life is over. You're married. It's over. (laughs) (laughs) No one really cares about us anymore, man. (laughs) They don't care about our demographic. They're like, you'll watch what your wife lets you watch. But to, to a man in all seriousness, they're looking for the diehard sports fan that is willing to give anything a shot. And that's what they put out on what is essentially their Super Bowl. 
And it's literally the equivalent of saying that a team is up by 10 with six minutes left in a football game going, we're going to call this. It's they're probably going to win. We'll go ahead and call it. No, no, no you got to have them. But I don't want to I don't want to hear. Well, he was ahead at this point in the junction, but you still got to make it around the track one more time. And that's, that's the whole point of this. And that's the, the exciting part is racing. Mm-hmm. If you ain't rubbing, you ain't racing, brother. That's all I know. They take away the exciting factor when they do that, too, because that last lap, it all comes down to the bread and butter right there. That's what people tune in for. They're on the edge of their seat for. Then you draw it out with a process like that, and you pretty much hand the keys to the kingdom to the guy, quote-unquote, just because he was leading. It's a little distasteful. You have to engage your audience and keep them and, and also want them to come back. And when you do, when you have games come down to what we just had it come down or a race come down to come down, you're going to lose them. Yeah. There's going to be the diehards are going to stay. And then, and then the folks who like, like Steven, I know he watches, but first of all, he, he kind of grew up on it. But then the other thing is he really gets into the DFS. Not a lot of us are going to do DFS NASCAR. Let's, let's be honest. Right. Mm-hmm. You got to get into the point if i'm going to watch racing and if i'm going to get into it it's going to be because i'm i'm going to put a little little hay on it might just throw a few bucks with the 10 to 1 shot for someone to win right mm-hmm. i got to know that at the end of the race when i go to tune in that they're going to let them race to the end and win because the car is fastest not because he happens to be ahead when a couple of yo-yos wreck wreck behind him mhm all right Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be back in 90 seconds. Talk some college basketball. Give you our locks and get you ready for a heck of a night in sports. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country and Braves Country HD, wherever you stream. It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill. Each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. Hockey season, and that means new merch over at ourdragonsmerch.com. Get the latest designs and some of our fun new souvenirs ahead of what's sure to be a great hockey season. Celebrate another season of River Dragons hockey by getting a new look to wear on game days, or surprise the big-time sports fan in your life with a new keepsake that will make them a River Dragons fan for life. Order online right now at ourdragonsmerch.com. That's the letter R, dragonsmerch.com. We'll see you at the rink. This Saturday afternoon, February 25th, 1.05 p.m. Eastern, Braves Country Baseball is back. We'll have play-by-play, pitch-by-pitch, inning-by-inning of your Atlanta Braves. That's Braves Red Sox. This Saturday, 1.05 Eastern on Braves Country HD, youtube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Welcome back to Braves Country. Mac McGinn, the armchair quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m. Drive time on WQEE. Welcome back. Let's rock and roll. Tones. Did you 
get you some college basketball in this weekend? I did. I did. Saturday especially. That Michigan-Michigan State game was a fun one. Some Big Ten action there. Baylor-Kansas was a barn burner for a while. There there were a good amount of games to go around. I was thoroughly impressed with some of the hoops out there. Yeah, I I really liked uh, – well, I watched a lot of basketball this weekend. But there were a couple of games that – I really got into that Michigan, Michigan State was a good one. Michigan pulled away at the end, but but all in all, it was a really good game. Um the other game that I got locked into was the uh LSU Georgia game mm. where Georgia ended up pulling off a a, a two point win there. And Tennessee, Kentucky, I I don't know what it what the deal is, but Tennessee's got their number. I mean, excuse me, Kentucky's got Tennessee's number. And I I think Tennessee's going to be an early exit in the tournament. I really do. They, mm-hmm. uh, they've had a good year, but it's, it's the one knock that everyone's had on Barnes his entire career, which is, you know, can he get a team deep into the tournament? And they lost another big one. They're now 9-5 and five and 20-7 and seven overall. They fell to number 11. I don't even know if they should be ranked that high. But you've got some big games in the SEC coming up this week. And tomorrow night, the Vols are at Texas A&M. That's number 11 versus number 25. And that game is actually going to be on ESPN. And Georgia is at Arkansas on SEC Network at 9 o'clock tomorrow night. So pretty good doubleheader for Mm -hmm. SEC action. In Georgia, if they're going to make a serious run at the bubble, they're six and eight right now. They, I don't know if they have to be perfect, but they're going to have to win at least three of their next four, and then and then probably do something in the SEC tournament. Mm-hmm. If they can get past that Arkansas game, I was talking, talking about this earlier. They've got a chance to make a little run here at the end, and then Wednesday night, Kentucky goes to Florida. That should be a good one, and one that's under the radar that folks need to start paying attention to. I've been talking about them for a few weeks now, and I've been riding high. I don't know what the line's going to be on Wednesday, so I may stay away from them. But Vanderbilt has been white hot. They've now won five in a row in the SEC. They're eight and six overall in the SEC. They're 15 and 12, and they go to LSU, a winnable game, Vanderbilt's got a chance to make a run to the tournament. That'd be incredible for them. They've made it there before, but never been this high had in, uh, well, you know, in, in the past couple of years, at least I'm a Vanderbilt guy. My buddy went there. I, I'm not a huge fan, but I always hope for their success as they all are the smaller part of the SBC. It'd be incredible to see them sneak in. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like uh Northwestern doing as well as they're doing. Exactly. Northwestern's been impressive. That's a great comparison. They're both, you know, looked at as the bookworm schools in their conferences. And in a, I feel like we say it every year, the Big Ten's always pretty good in basketball, but this year they're incredible. And the fact that Northwestern has been able to be 20 and seven with what, 12 out of 14 Big Ten teams being over 500, that's just incredible. To tie into what we were talking about earlier, the new head coach, Gannon at uh, Arizona. Mm-hmm. At Northwestern at Vanderbilt, he would get crammed into lockers there. That's how awkward he is. 
Let's go. Oh, man. I love Northwestern it. Northwestern got a huge win last night. I, I watched that game because I took Northwestern. They were they're actually getting points at home, and I took them, and they rolled Iowa by twenty. And their next two games, Northwestern, are going to be a lot of fun. They have U of I next; that's always a rival. Then they're at Maryland, and uh, Maryland's been really tough this year at home as well. So a couple tough games for Northwestern. Yeah, you got some big games in the in the Big Ten this week. The the Northwestern Iowa game, or excuse me, Illinois game, uh, is probably that in Iowa Wisconsin on Wednesday night, mm. nine o'clock. That that's a that's a big one for Wisconsin. That that they have them uh, as the last four in right now. I'd I'd see that to believe that because they're seven and nine in the Big Ten. I don't know if that's going to get you in. Indiana goes to Michigan State tomorrow night. That's a nine o'clock game on ESPN. That should be a really good game. Michigan State's a two-point favorite right now. Um, Indiana, of course, has jumped up to number 17 in the country. I'm hoping, uh, obviously, not a huge game at all in Big Ten standards, but for Penn State, it is. They go to rivalry Ohio State on Thursday. Obviously, Ohio State's always usually the better team, so they get the best of them. Could Penn State pull off the road win against a poor Ohio State team this year to keep their tournament chances alive? I'll tell you what, North Carolina, they they cannot get any consistent play. They got rolled by NC State and a, a solid NC State team, but they just were not competitive in the second half. And so North Carolina, when when you look at what they've got going forward this week, it's a huge week for the Tar Heels because they're in danger of not making the tournament. They got to go to Notre Dame. Notre Dame's not very good, but they do play Notre Dame Wednesday night. And then they're home against a very good Virginia team. Mm. And they go to FSU, and then they're home against Duke. Mm. So they've got two cupcakes on the road. They've got two good teams at home. When it's all said and done, North Carolina, I believe, has to beat both Notre Dame and Florida State and they've got to win at least one of those games between Virginia and Duke to get in. Yeah, definitely. And they can't get bounced early in the ACC tournament either. That's the other thing. Now, tonight, talking about this a little earlier, I'm going to go ahead and throw my lock down. We were talking about it. Tonight, the big game of the night at, I believe it's 9 o'clock. Yeah, 9 o'clock Eastern. Number three, Kansas is at number 24, TCU. TCU is minus two. Mm-hmm. Let me double check what the money lines on these games are. That's a barn burner tonight. Yeah, that is going to be a very good game. And TCU is getting healthy, which is the big thing. Mm-hmm. And let me see what the let, – let me pull up what the actual money line is right here for that game. Here we go. TCU is a minus 130 on the money line at home. Give me the Horn Frogs. I like that. For the money line tonight. What is your lock of the day? 
It is sitting at minus 129. It's a parlay with the Pittsburgh Penguins and Norfolk State Moneyline. Norfolk State is home against Coppin State as Norfolk State looks to continue to breeze through their conference and make it back to the NCAA tournament. And the Penguins are at home against the Islanders. Penguins have been very effective at home this year. You could parlay the Penguins and Norfolk State. That's the Penguins in overtime, not just regular time, overtime. And that comes in at minus 129 on the parlay. I talked about it earlier, but the other one that, that I really like, uh, Cal Poly is getting 11 and a half at home against Cal Irvine. I like Cal Poly in that one as well, but uh, I, I'm, I'm sticking with my one lock on the, on the TCU to win at home on the money line. I really like that one. I like that one too. And I'll they, put those in our chat or lock. I should, I should just, yeah, if you could uh, toss them in there for me, I appreciate that. <clears throat> I, I could just kick myself because I took them this morning when TCU was minus 140 on the money line. Wow. So and, awesome. Well, you never know, though. It's always tricky with that. Sometimes you do it early and it backfires. Well, I was, I was a little concerned that everyone was going to go towards the other way and that I would I would look at it this evening and it'd be minus 150 or something. TCU, for people who don't follow TCU and TCU basketball, they have been absolutely struggling until this past Saturday, they rolled Oklahoma State 100 to 75. Mm. And the main reason for that, Mike Miles is back. He, he's been injured for the last several games. If you haven't seen this this guy play, he he is he is legit. And probably gonna be a fairly high draft pick, I, I would think. But he what what did he do on uh, Saturday? Fifteen points. This is the first time he's played in like two months almost. And he was uh, let's see one or two from three point land, but four of eight overall. And his biggest thing is that he's kind of the he, he's kind of the 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 engine that that makes TCU go. And I, th- I look, it's going to be a great game one way or the other. I'm just I'm leaning with TCU because they're at home. Go. And this this is a hard one for Kansas, too, because they just had a grueling game against a tough Baylor team. That was only on Saturday, so less than 48 hours later, they got to go on the road against a healthier, tough TCU team now. Tall task for Kansas in these back-to-backs. Not, I know they had Sunday in between, but for college basketball, that's a lot of movement in three days. Yeah, I, I had a pretty good weekend overall, but... Um... There's a couple ones that I would like to have back. First of all, I should have trusted my first instinct. So I, I, I just wanted to have a reason to watch the the XFL game Saturday night, mm-hmm. and I took Orlando in the points. Mm-hmm. But my first instinct was the over under was thirty three and a half in the first game that was played earlier in the day was twenty to twenty two to twenty, and I'm like, man. One thing that I don't like is that on one of the books that I use, online books, they don't allow you to uh, 
to run teasers on two on two different XFL games. Yeah, I noticed XFL seems a little limited in terms of betting still right now. I I guess it's because they're trying to figure out what they're trying to figure out, right? Even if you go to ESPN.com and click on the box score, there's nothing right now. But the over-under was 33 and a half of the total, and it being 45. And I was just kicking myself because the next day, both of the overs shot up into the uh, high 30s. I like, yeah, I, re- I remember when I the X of- that over, but I didn't know enough about it, and I just felt like three points in my pocket against with two teams that who the heck knows what's going on. That's the only way I wanted to go, but I should have went with the over. I remember uh, when the XFL came back in 2020 before COVID, my first bet ever was the Tampa Bay Vipers over because, it, like you said, I think it was 31 or 32 points. They cleared it easily. Now they'll rise a little bit as we move on since they've seen what they're capable of a little bit. I don't even – the XFL played in 2020? Right before COVID, remember Tampa Bay had a team, the Vipers. It, it, it barely lasted. It was only four games in, and then I thought, when, I, I thought that was called something else. I thought that was the AAF or something like that. They had a league as well. It was AAF, and then the XFL. Vince McMahon brought back that XFL. Now he sold it off to the Rock. But they had a brief four-game uh, comeback. They actually in played games. I like. I don't even remember that. They were brutal because it was, you know, tucked into the spring or right before COVID hit. It was like the same time as this year, pretty much. I don't even remember that. I, I, I remember the other league, the, the one that had Steve Spurrier coaching and whatnot. Yeah, XFL, the Vipers of Tampa Bay, I tried to support AAF, them. AAF, I think is what it's called, AAF. Because remember, they'd come up with the goofy, uh, with the app where, where you could – where you could follow it and bet on the app and all that junk. And they had the Birmingham Iron in the um, AAF with Trent Richardson. I remember he was having a comeback season over there. Oh, I don't remember the details. The only thing I remember was Spurrier was coaching a team in Florida, and after the season got canceled, he did a he pulled a, uh, a Central Florida and just claimed and claimed a championship, and they like gave him a ring and stuff. I'm like, what? <laughs> Yeah, that was Bill Polian's league, I remember. Oh, man. I was like, ugh. Times is tough when you're faking championships in the AAF. I think it was called the AAF. I don't even remember. What is your walk-off for the day, sir? Uh, Don't watch too much AAF highlights. No, I'm kidding. My uh, highlight of the day is this. Enjoy uh, college basketball because before you know it, it's going to be March Madness. It's going to be the swing of things. And you might find yourself in a one-and-done team predicament. So, Get behind your teams now. Get watching them now. You might not have much shelf life left. And uh, take McGee and I's locks of the day today. They won't hurt you. They'll probably help you. So those are my two walk-offs of the day, brother. My walk-off is stay tuned here on the key with Sports Map Radio. I'm going to be jumping on uh, the Snowman Media later on tonight, uh, 6.15. I'm jumping on. We're going to talk some AL West for any of you baseball fans out there you can catch it on youtube and uh tomorrow we've got joey we've got nate we're gonna i'm gonna talk to him about what i talked to talk about tonight on the al west and uh, we'll see you tomorrow and go go horn frogs baby come on baby let's cover the number which is money line but let's let's get it baby gig them gig them let's go we'll see you tomorrow Goodbye, sweetheart.
Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same back time, same back channel. Thanks for listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks on 99.1 FM WQEE, The Key in Noonan, Georgia, and simulcasting on youtube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Braves Country comes your way weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Please follow, like, and subscribe today. Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for Southern sports. September, something of the fifth of September. She said a lot that I can't remember. Something of the fifth. Can I get another cigarette, please? Can I get another cigarette, please? Yeah, I know I live to regret it. Just give me another cigarette, please. Can I get another cigarette? This Saturday afternoon. February 25th, 1.05 p.m. Eastern, Braves Country Baseball is back. We'll have play-by-play, pitch-by-pitch, inning-by-inning of your Atlanta Braves. That's Braves Red Sox. This Saturday, 1.05 Eastern on Braves Country HD, youtube.com forward slash at Braves Country. You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key in Noonan, Georgia.